Welcome, 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 guys. Welcome into this convo call inside Center News Podcast. I'm Ori, your host. Welcome, welcome. We are on February 6, 2019. Welcome, 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 guys. Today, um, I'll be sharing with you some news, you know, um, affecting black lives, you know, and other minorities, you know, too. So, let's get right to it. So, there's this story, um, Half Post uh, ran, you know, halfpost.com, the news organization. And it reads, the cop suspended after anti-fascist exposed his affinity for white, white nationalist group or just, just white nationalist group you know it's, it's like it's not a you know term you know to you know say you know to um refer to white supremacy you know it reads a virginia police surgeon has been suspended after his apparent affinity for a neo pagan white uh nationalist group uh, was exposed by a local anti-fascist activist, Surgeon Robert Stam, or Stam, 36, was placed on paid administrative leave Wednesday, according to a statement from the Virginia Vision, uh, Virginia Division of the Capitol Police, the law enforcement agency tasked with policing the state capitol grounds in Richmond. The department say was quotation made aware of early Wednesday of a possible violation of division policy by STEM. A Virginia Capitol Police spokesman, Joe McKenna, wouldn't elaborate on what policy STEM may have violated but did say the decision to suspend him was made quotation after we discovered some social media posts. Uh, this morning um, just just gonna stop here guys if you're interested in the story you can read on a uh, on half post you know uh, so again I'm gonna repeat the name of the article um, uh, it's cop I mean, cop, sorry, cop suspended after anti-fascist is exposed his affinity for white nationalist group. And my analysis, my personal analysis on this one is, you know, um, it's not really, um, to me, like, yeah, imagining is because, you know, again, the FBI put a report out, you know, in 2007. Um, and they came out with, uh, you know, really, uh, um, 
a research, you know, uh, and find out that, you know, the law enforcement and, you know, um, yeah, obviously the law enforcement and, you know, the army were being infiltrated by white supremacist group. So, obviously, they keep, you know, every single day, they keep, you know, finding out more white supremacist law enforcement, you know, even judicial, you know, it just don't make the news, but still happening. So, that's not really something, you know, we shouldn't be surprised anymore. It's, it's really hurtful that it keeps happening and nothing has been done. That's what it's hurtful. <clears throat> so, let's see what else is going on out here. Fans celebrate legend Bob Marley on what will have been his 74th birthday. Uh, that's the uh, title of the news article. Uh, it's coming from Huffington Post. That was post posted, um, uh, put out, uh, or put out. Yeah, that's the word uh, by Huffington Post. You know, um, dot com. So it reads. The legendary reggae musician and icon Bob Marley or Bob Marley uh, will have been will have turned 74 years old on Wednesday. So, which is obviously today, people around the world are now celebrating his legacy and global impact. Um, fans of Bob Marley, um, born. Robert Nestor Malley in the parish of St. Anne, Jamaica on February 6, 1945, share some of their favorite songs and quote from the loaded musician on Twitter. Jamaican spreading legend uh, Usain Bolt paid tribute to Mali by tweeting out a popular clip of him from, 19, from a 1979 interview the Jamaican music legend a Rastafarian, notably told Australian journalist George Negas that he doesn't believe possession make you rich. Quotation, my richness is life, he said. So, guys, that's the celebration, guys, you know, uh, people serving, you know, who have been, you know, the 74 birthday of Mali, you know, so he was a legend, guys. You know, pretty sure most of you, like me, grew up, you know, in, you know, his songs, you know. Um, so it's very fascinating what he was able to accomplish, though. Yeah, very fascinating. So I'm gonna try just to turn another subject like queer voices, you know. Um, let's see.
<coughs> so, you know. Guys, I'm back. I was reading a uh, news article, you know, uh, just because it's really a uh, long news article, so I wanted to just understand what this is about, and so I can obviously read a few lines with you, you know, so be able to give you guys, you know, um, a thorough uh, um, resume of what it's about, so, or summary of what it's about. So, um, it reads, um, I had to live in my school's woman's housing for three years, even though I'm a man. So, that's the title of the news article I want to share with you guys. I came out yesterday, but, you know, it still counts. Um, it was an E an easy situation for anyone involved uh, does it bother you when she says stuff like that quotation my partner asked me once we returned to my bedroom I wish she didn't do that to you I didn't have to ask him what he meant but I would hardly registered the manager of my student housing complex had assigned a new roommate, a nursing major from Iowa, 
my apartment several weeks ago. The first day we met, she asked me what a man uh, was doing in women's housing after I explained my situation to her. She compared my transgender identity to her pornography addiction. Later, she asked me if my hormone uh, medication stopped my periods and uh, if I will want to carry a baby someday since I was a biologically woman in relationships. So when she used female pronouns for me in front of my partner, it was actually pretty mad for her. I'm used to it, quotation, I said, but it still hurts, quotation. I was used to it after living three years in a woman's housing at Birmingham Young University in Utah as a transgender man. You develop a thick skin whether you want to or not. I graduated from the Mormon school in August 2018, and when I look back at the years I spent there, I'm reminded of this line from Charles Dickens, a tale of two cities. It was the best times and it was the worst times, quotation. After I came out, some people asked me why I would choose a university run by a religion that excommunicates members who undergo gender confirmation surgery or enter a same-sex marriage. Like most decisions in life, I, it wasn't simple. I was born into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and until my early 20s, I had a hard time reconciling reconciling my beliefs with my trans identity. I thought that attending a Christian university could help me connect to God and overcome my gender, the dysphoria, the conflict I felt between the gender I was assigned at birth and my gender identity, parentheses. And I did, but not in the way my 18-year-old self expected. Freshman in college was like writing the coming out roller coaster, first to my therapist, then to my family, and finally to my close friends. The more people I told, the less guilt I felt, and the more I wanted to uh, transition, especially once I started attending queer Mormon support groups and I realized I didn't have to compromise my beliefs or my gender identity to find happiness. The LDS faith was founded in person revelation when a teenage boy asked God which church was true and received the answer non-quotation. I met many LGBTQ members who believed that someday there will be a place for them in the LDC church. Even there, even there wasn't one right now and I became one of those believers too. During sophomore year, I received a testosterone, cephionate prescription and met my best friend, another trans student who started hormone replacement therapy at the same time as me. We were the first BYU student to do so. Every week as I injected the hormones with an inch-long inch -long, uh, needle into my thigh, I 
I meant inch long, yeah, needle into my thigh. I worried about explosion, explosion, yeah. Although the YB, I mean the, although, let me just repeat myself, although the BYU on a code forbids same sex relationships, it doesn't directly uh, mention transitioning beyond the ban uh, on gender confirmation surgery, neither the LDS church nor the university outline any discipline for trans people. Instead, the university and the church uh, delegate guidance to the leaders of our individual congregation. Guys, I would love to read the whole article, but I want to just, you know, um, move on, um, you know, to another news article, obviously, you know, that has to do with queer voices. So, my personal analysis on this one is, you know, um, it's about a transgender man who went to a religious, you know, uh, university, so a university affiliated to a religion, you know. Mormon, so um, and you have to really understand that you know um, this you know um, believed of you know like you know you need to follow the constitution. It still really pose a problem, you know, for some religions. You know, I'm not trying to defend them. I'm just saying like some religion, some organization affiliated to religions use, you know, the amendment regarding the religion, the First Amendment regarding the religion, to discriminate, you know, against, you know, uh, people uh, who are part of the LGBT community, LGBTQR community. So, or LGBTQR community. It keeps changing, you know, yearly. So, almost two, three, four years. So, um... So that to me it's really hurtful and it's really horrible but you know it's not okay it's not okay I think there should be some uh, judicial you know uh, prosecutions because um, you know with this uh, school you know um, organization are doing uh, that flow to religions, it's unconstitutional and they should not really get away. They shouldn't prevent because the constitution really allow people who are trans who uh, recognize legally as trans men and trans female to go in, you know, domes that they feel are equal to their genders you know like if you're a trans man you have the right to go to a men's dorm and if you're living on campus you know and if you are a woman a trans woman uh woman yeah you have the right to go to a woman's dorm you know the constitution allows you to do so but fortunately um when it comes to this um Actually, I should forward to my. I'm gonna email to my friend Matthew, so he will love it. You know. Um. So guys, you know. So like I was saying, uh. 
that should be no uh, discussion though so uh, hold on I'm just typing on my iPad and I'm just trying to email to my friend Matthew who happens to be a stranger man so he's gonna love the article he'll love it so guys that that's my take on this one you know so let's see what else um can share with you Um, for most of you guys have heard, you know, uh, the New Jersey governor just signed a bill requiring LGBTQ inclusive curriculum in school. So um, that to me is a great news because, you know, whether you um, are an ally or not, or you are a person who's, who's part of the movement or not, I mean, the community, not movement, uh, I apologize for that. Uh, the community or not, um, that really is a great news because really it opens doors. I'm not going to read the article, obviously. Um, I mean, you can find on particularly you know, everywhere on the web. You know, it's you know big news. It's trending. It's trending news in the U.S. Obviously, it's an amazing. Uh, I think it just just be, became the second one to do so. I'm wondering. What was the first one to do so? Um, let me see. Which first state signed the bill? Um, yeah, California. I was thinking that something about. I was thinking about a liberal state, obviously not Republican, but liberal. You know, uh, state because you know, conservative state. It's very rare. Uh, I think New Jersey is a conservative state. I'm not quite sure though. It could be all kind of like makes, um, knows. Anyway, so that's you know that's the news. It's a big deal. You know, it's also he it also um he opens you know, um. You know, discussion. You know about treatment. You know the the lack of, uh, representation. You know, uh, like of medical uh, care. So when it comes to uh, LGBT, you know, community. So if you're gay, if you're trans, if you're lesbian, if you're bisexual, you're most likely to commit suicide. You're most likely, you know, to be disregarded. You know, in terms of receiving uh, medical uh, care or uh, access to. Uh, public services so yeah uh let's see something else uh, i can share with you guys and i can uh, wrap this one up um one or two more um 
Yes, very interesting. Um, <clears throat> and it, again, we still have post.com. Uh, I have the app, so I just downloaded the app instead of going on, on the web and you know clicking, clicking, clicking. Um, you know, a little period of action of clicking. I mean, instead of doing that, I'm using the app. You know, even though it doesn't you know offer everything. If you know, um, one of the things about accessing the news through an app. Um, whether on iPad or tablet or cell phone, you know, the the way it's structured, you know, there's some news article that they put uh, uh, on their apps, you know, the news apps, but, you know, um, and there are others that they don't just put there, you know, because, you know, probably they judge based on you know, like it's not trending, so... Because obviously it has to do with, you know, the data, the clouding data, you know, so the cloud data, not clouding, just, the, I mean, again, you can say clouding, they're just cloud data. Um, so some news are available through the apps, through their own apps, uh, others are not, so that's how it works. Uh, it's a way of, you know, doing marketing, you know, just you know, communication, marketing, you know. So, uh, the news article I want to share with you guys, actually, it did back a few months ago, uh, but it's just been updated, you know. And it's about a Virginia um, EMT who, uh, uh, on, in a neo-Nazi podcast, you know, uh, say some outrageous racist things about black people you know uh just gonna read the title of the news article the one that just being updated so uh it reads black residents of virginia county worry they'll be treated by white supremacist emt locals one emergency worker Alex McNabb fired after his comments on a neo-Nazi podcast. Black residents in an overwhelming white county in Virginia where they'll be treated differently uh, should they receive care from emergency medical technician Alex McNabb, a white supremacist whose neo-Nazi podcast recently got him suspended from his job. Residents packed out of a meeting um, um, of the Patrick County Board of Supervisor Monday uh, at which local officials, lawyers, and McNabb himself squabbed over the MT's fate as a health worker. Last week, McNair was placed on unpaid leave for comments he made on quotation the Daily Shoah, a neo-Nazi podcast he frequents as co-host. He was suspended without pay shortly after HuffPost report revealed the comments, but he wasn't fired. Black resident of Patrick County, which is nine two percent wide 
said they were worried about being treated differently by a white supremacist EMT, according to C CNN, according to CNN, which covered the meeting. We think Adolf Hitler is dead. Nah, you cannot kill a demon, Vietnam veteran uh, Charles Thomas said. Just imagine if you were a black person needing medical help and called the rescue. Your chance of dying in that risk is very quite great than uh, if you stay home. Quotation. I am mad as hell. Is bad. Quotation. Say resident and reverend Daniel Spencer, according to CNN. My hope and my prayer is we can get rid of this individual. You have the power. Quotation. Proud the fear was over McNabb comments under his moniker on the podcast, Dr. Narkan, in quotation, in one episode he referred to stabbing a young black patient with needles, stab him thirstily in the arm with the large guard, guard IV cutter. Was it catheter? Yeah, catheter. Oh, catheter. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's yet unclear whether McNabb ever treated his patient of color differently. The State Department of Health and his employer, Jeb Stewart, Volunteer Rescue Squad, have launched investigation to find out. McNabb denied doing so at the meeting and previously told half-poster Dr. Nakan is a work of fiction quotation. And though McNabb called the decision of his potential firing a free speech issue, the chair of supervisor of boys wants him gone. Quotation. I ran rescue around here for over 10 years. Everyone that can rescue, I ran rescue squad with was a compassionate human being. He said to McNabb at uh, the meeting, you have solid that reputation. Quotation. Boys mentioned to withhold money from Jeb Stewart Volunteer Rescue Squad until they fired McNabb, but no other supervisor supported the motion. Ren Williams, the lawyer for the rescue organization, argued that the county should let the state investigate before he made any decision to defund what he classified as an asset to the community. Guys, I'm going to just read the whole uh, news article because, you know, uh, it's not really a long one. So, let's, let me just read the whole one and, you know, I, I'm going to give you my own comments about this one. My on-person analysis. As boys read from uh, Half Post report and detailed the things McNabb said, the EMT responded with, prodding remarks uh, and there's a video highlighting what they say so you guys will click on this one but I'm not going to click it and um, quotation Dr. Narcan terrorized that youngster with a needle and stabbed him in the arm using an improper needle size did you say that? do you make that up? do you think that's funny boys ask? quotation I think it's funny McNabb say my audience thinks it's funny. Quotation. I don't think any of these things entertaining, boy said. Quotation. Eventually wrapping up the argument with I'm sorry, the 
country board of supervisors didn't bring all the pressure that they could bring to bear to fire Mr. McNabb. I think he should never been hired, and once his views were known, he should have been immediately fired. God, that's the end of this news article. Um, guys, uh, my personal analysis is, you know, nothing surprised me. We're talking about Virginia, one of the oldest uh, slave, you know, state, and, you know, Slavery, you know, the, the slavery mentality still runs deep there, you know. Uh, black people are very brutalized and criminalized and, you know, sometimes, you know, um, hung, you know, from the trees, you know, like in 50s and 60s. So, you know, these sort of things keeps happening, you know. Um, again, they say 92% of the population of the county white people you know that's no brunner you know the majority are there and since it is even a old um slave state you know so you really guess you know that the treatment uh regarding black people are very very horrible so that really is no brainer One more story, and I think I'm gonna move to another part, or I'm gonna really um, end this podcast session. So let's see. So it's about um, um, Muslim, you know, safely of Muslim people in Canada. The story I'm about to share with you guys. It reads, again, we're still on halfpost.com. It reads, hate groups show up at Canada's oldest mosque. Or Canada's oldest mosque. Are reuniting familiar fears familiar fears okay let me repeat myself hey groups show up at canada's oldest mosque reuniting family fears that's the title of the news article you guys can check it out and it came out yesterday again it still counts muslims have increasingly been target of aggression uh in Canada in 2019 is off to a discouraging start. Members of far-right hate groups recently entered the Al-Rashid Mosque in Edmonton, Canada and gathered outside to harass worshippers on their way to Friday prayers. The incident evoked memories of the shooting two years ago, almost to the day that left six people dead in 19 at Quebec City Mosque. He also served as yet another illustration of growing anti-Muslim bigotry in the country. 
transportation. Over the last three years, we have seen a rise in two far-right movements in Canada, and those are the anti-Muslim and anti-right neo-Nazi group, which sometimes overlap but to distant things, said Ivan Bargot, executive director of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. Quotation, we have had regular anti-Muslim demonstration in cities across Canada, mostly in our largest cities, at least every month, going back at least two years. This, in, this isn't just an isolated incident, just constant quotation. I'm just going to read a little bit and going to give you my personal analysis, guys. On January 25th, Two men, at least one of them, wearing clothing embroidered with the Arabic word kafir, quotation, which translates to non-believers, was seen entering the Arashid Mosque in, quotation, what seems like an attempt to scout the property and provoke our community. Quotation, according to the mosque Facebook page, the men entered the women's section of Rashid, Mosque Communications Director Noor Al Hennedy told to have post despite signs indicating men are prohibited from that area. The two men who were probably members of anti Muslim groups called the Klan and Canadian infidels then joined a number of individuals affiliated with far right groups outside the mosque. Where they confronted worshippers, some of the exchange were broadcast live on Facebook by Tyson Hunt, the former leader of Edmund Chapter of Soldiers of Odin, an anti-Muslim neo-Nazi group. Guys, it's a long, long news article. Uh, I'm just gonna end here when it comes to reading this article. I'm gonna give you my personal analysis, guys. This is um, nothing new, maybe new in Canada, because Canada is known to be an open country to all people. But again, it's a white country, obviously. Uh, you know, they have really history of um, discrimination regarding the Canadian um, natives, you know. Um, the indigenous Canadians, so they are brutalized, they are criminalized, they are killed, and justice is not done. You know, they, you know, they are treated, you know, the way indigenous and black people are treated in this country. So, Canada always, you know, try to portray herself as, you know. A, a very tolerant country but if you really dig deep they're not because you know just because you may not um, dehumanize and you know um, instill a uh, a system that really uh, demonize black people that don't mean you don't demonize other ethnicities, you know. So, again, it comes back to 
Canada isn't a European country to some, it is, but to others it's not. You know, generally speaking, I don't think Canada is in the most of the open countries. You know, I have family there, I have friends there, but I don't consider Canada as an open country. Open means you have to be able to afford justice to those who were unjustly mistreated. You know, and if you are not capable to do it on to all ethnicities, then you're not an open country, then you're not a country of judicial accountability. You're not. It's just, you know, lie. You keep telling to yourself, you keep trying to make the world by it. But for people like me who are countries who have uh, you know, done research on Canadian political history, uh, Canadian uh, history, I know that Canadian or Canada is a country, you know, that dehumanize and demonize people. You know, it doesn't necessarily to be a fact about black people, you know. If you demonize, you know, Arabics or Arabs or if you demonize Asian, you're still a country that dehumanize, you know, people, they discriminate people, you know. So you, you're not really a country that can be, uh, you know, uh, seen as a country that is open and, you know, that really follow through with judicial accountability. You won't be. So that's my personal analysis. You know, I'm not really going to have talking, how it's wrong. I mean, obviously it's wrong, but it's happening, you know. And Canada is no different, you know, to United States and other countries. So I'm speaking, you know, from my own heart here, you know. Okay. Um. So we're gonna share. I'm gonna share like one story or two story. I'm gonna end here. I think I'm having some fun though today. Very. I mean, I'm also having fun on other days, but when I feel like special for some reason, you know, can't explain. I don't know. Um, the news article it's part of the art and culture section on halfpost.com, so you guys can. Uh, go and read it, you know, in person. Uh, it reads, that's the title, obviously, the, you know, I'm about to share with you guys the title of the news article. It reads, Green Book is a disappointing as it is tone deaf on race. Before I jump into, yes, I have to agree, it's a very disappointing uh cinematography you know that really does not depict you know what really was going at that time you know obviously he he was written you know just to uh more to be more appealing to white people you know i've watched it so i really know <coughs> apologize and before I watch it, you know, there was a video that came out about the story of Green Book, you know, about this brother, you know, um, from Harlem who wrote, you know, the small book um, 
about, you know, the location black people were allowed to entertain themselves, you know, allowed to, you know, go in vacations, you know, bars. Actually, it was about more into hotels, you know, so, and it's available. It's called Green Book. It's available on Google and Amazon, you know, you guys can, can buy, you know, the Green Book. So, I'm going to read the article. However, and I'm going to obviously share my personalities. Um, however, well-meaning the road trip movie starring Mahoshala Ali and Vigo Mortensen has less to say than he thinks. It's time to talk about Quotation Green Book, the Peter Farrell-directed body comedy slash road trip saga slash historical dramedy that it's earned so many accolades this awards season that we can no longer ignore its clawing existence. The film inspired by a true story centers on unlikely friendship between white nightclub bouncer Tony Lib Vallelonga parenthesis Vigomon Montesson so the person who played the character uh, his name his name is Vico Monteson. He's an uh, Italian, I believe. An American with Italian heritage. So and black concert pianist Don Shirley, played by Miles Shala Ali, who employs Tony to be his driver for a two month trip through the American South. Tony's loud, uncouth and laid back, while Don is well the opposite of Tony entirely. Their time together, however, teach them things as so many cinematic odd couple pairings to end to um actually pairings tend to don learns to let go of his need to seem quotation respectable in the eyes of white people tony learns to let go of some of his strongly hard racist beliefs about black people it all sounds nice simple green book quotation Hawks back to a golden age of feel-good cinema when, in 1980s and 90s, bonding journeys did a great job of pulling at audiences' heartstrings. Frawley film nominated for of several, um, no, let me put it myself. Frawley's film nominated for several golden. Globes in the year 2018 has suddenly pulled as someone's heartstring. New York Magazine's David Alderstein called it pleasantly simple-minded and great fun. Quotation. In a statement released in response to his Golden Globe nomination for Best Actor, Morrison described as quotation a story equal to the best work of Frank Capra and Princeton Surge. Is doing reasonably well at the box office but the movie has also received a good ship of criticism for clumsy reversing and over simplifying decades of racial dynamics in America New York Times AO Scott sums it up in one line quotation there's not much here you haven't seen before and very little that cannot be described as crude, obvious, obvious, 
and borderline offensive and even as he tries to be uplifting and affirmative. So what it is, a harmless feel-good flick about how friendship can overcome racial differences or is it just another distorted, if well-meaning, white savior narrative from Hollywood? Critics Zeba Blay and Matt Jacobs sat down to chat about movies merits or lack thereof and why it might be resonating with movie goals. Uh, I'm not gonna read the whole exchange um publication written exchange. No. I'm just gonna give you my uh own analysis, personal analysis on this one. Um and I'm gonna try to read one more and I'm gonna really end this podcast almost now. It's really it's amazing to me. Um, <clears throat> guys, I really believe that it's a failure, you know, on director's side when it comes to directing the movie because the movie does not depict, you know, uh, the painful um, institutional racism, you know, um, that was taking place, that was affecting black people, how free black people were. I mean, if we're talking about in 1950s, 60s, right? I mean, actually 60s, something like that, 60s. So after black people were allowed to be human, you know, remember, we were not allowed to be human. Even though I was not born in this country, brothers were black, they still black, you know, brothers and sisters. So, um, so you really will understand that, you know, it's not really told in a way it should be told. Obviously, you have this uh, white director who wants to, you know, you know, uh, make millions, you know, shows in theaters, and so he can just, you know, grab some trophies. Obviously, it was done for the marketing purpose, not educational purpose. So. Guys, I don't think I can um, share an article because it's almost an hour of recording and, you know, um, I mean, I can go beyond that, but, you know, I can't because, you know, um, I have things I have to do in the morning and then in the afternoon, too. Um, but that's not really the most reason. The most reason I want to just, you know, uh, just take my time and be able to relax so I can go to sleep because I'm not a person just go straight to bed. Just take my time, relax, reflect, uh, meditate. Um, but with that being said, you know, I want to just take a few minutes left just to thank all the people who bear with me, all the 50 minutes um, um, session, you know, um, yeah, and also, uh, <clears throat> I'm working on a very big project with my friend Matthew, um, you know, has to do with podcasting too, um, so, and it will be on radio, obviously, you'll be airing on radio, so, uh, we almost done we're halfway just need an approval we have just to sit with the people we'll be 
uh, working with, you know. So, and we're also gonna obviously gonna do great things. This is a project I've been, you know, thinking. I've been working for year and a half, so it should be an amazing. So I'm always working on different things, different projects that can really help people to vocalize, you know, uh, their voices. So <clears throat> it's amazing, guys, you know, about the kind of project. If I look back three years ago, I wanted to do all this and it's coming through. The dream is coming through. It's coming reality. So it's really amazing. It's really amazing. Um, so guys, uh, thank you for really being with me. Thank you for tuning in. This is an amazing experience, though. Very amazing. Inaenko is so amazing. I, I haven't done well. Well, I want to try on but I cannot because I'm a little bit bit down uh, you know um uh a long day you know that I, um I had today but I'm gonna try probably let me see like tomorrow I may try it though I may try to record an hour um session I'm also gonna try to record another an hour and all you know uh put it together and assemble them together and just you know launch a two hour um listening podcast so it's so amazing it's so amazing with what anchor has been able to accomplish you know it's really amazing really freaking amazing i like it so yeah guys i was always sabushi mike thank you for tuning in um, again, my podcast can be listened on, you know, different platforms. I'm going to read to you guys to the list of platforms you can listen, um, on my podcast, you know, it's really amazing though. Uh, so Five minutes, I'm going to end. So, it's, it will be fast. So, here's the, the list of uh, platforms you can listen to my podcast. Obviously, you, ha- you have AnchorFM.com. Um, uh, that's the first one. Um, I record on Anchor. Uh, and also publish on Anchor and Anchor distribute for me. So it's Anchor, that's the first one. Uh, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. So, and I think iTunes, yeah, iTunes too. So, so it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's I believe ten or eleven platforms. And when you have like an app called Cashbox, you can download it for free. Uh, regarding Brick, I think Breaker. When it comes to Breaker, you only buy the app. You know, when using uh, the 
Android system, you know, obviously the Google Play. And I'm not quite sure if we can listen Breaker on um, um, iTunes. I mean, obviously, using the Apple Store. Uh, let me check it out. Uh, I could be wrong because I think some apps require the Android system. But again, if you have Apple Store uh, Breaker app, Unfortunately, you cannot do that. Yes, you can. Yeah, Breaker, you can access Breaker through, uh, yeah, through uh, App Store. And on App Store, it's free, I believe. Yeah, I believe it's free. I'm just looking in front of me. Um, but through Google Play, you have to pay, uh, I, think, I think it's $3.99, $2.99. It's less than uh, $5. Yeah, so five dollars you know with five dollars you can um listen to my podcast so it's so amazing you can put in offline mode dark mode and landscape mode you can like comment etc it's so amazing you know so really amazing you know yeah and you can obviously subscribe to you know 2.9 per month or 4.9 if you subscribe to 2.99 per month you listen to podcasts with ads you subscribe 4.99 per month you listen to podcast ads free so it's up to you guys up to your own budget your own pockets so yeah so here we are coming to end coming to the end of this podcast session session thank you for tuning in guys appreciate it's so fabulous and amazing always to you know do this you know uh educational even though i'm doing just you know i'm not just doing for fun i'm doing just because i want to educate myself and the audience and the people who are interesting in educate themselves so I'm gonna end here. I'm gonna just play the music for a few seconds, you know, and I'm, I'll be out. So, my name again is Ori A U R Y. So, Bushimike S A B U S H I M I K E. I'm the host of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it, and I'm out.